Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, will share an important update on the mission outreach in Pakistan. And Steve Butler will share the next lesson in our series, Why Explore Bible Prophecy? Our next Clarity to the Chaos Conference is exactly one month away, Saturday and Sunday, April 15th and 16th in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the Cross Church. Come listen to Dr. Ken Copley and Greg Patton answer your questions about spiritual warfare. Visit the events page of our website, swrc.com, for a complete speaker lineup and schedule. swrc.com and click on events. Time to get our Bibles out and join author and teacher Steve Butler for today's look at the importance of exploring Bible prophecy. We are in a, a series called Why Explore Bible Prophecy, and if you have been following along with us over these last number of programs and weeks, you know that we are in point number six. The title of point number six is Prophecy especially already fulfilled prophecy, confirms the accuracy and therefore the authority of God's Word. We got down to Psalm 68, and we were just touching on that in our last program. So let's pick up there in Psalm 68. So that's approximately halfway into your Bible, depending on which direction you're coming from. And you'll find that if you go too far left in your Bible, you'll get to big book of Job. And if you go too far to the right, you'll get into Proverbs, then into the big book of Isaiah. And you may ask yourself, if you've been with us for a while, why in the world does he keep talking about where the, where the book is? Well, particularly if you're not that familiar with your Bible, with the Word of God and how it's laid out, just hearing about you know, Psalm 68, in the book of Psalms, there's 150 of them, and where it is relative to your Bible, as you get more and more familiar with that, it just it's like the little Bible drills, if you ever had those in church as a child or even as an adult in our church. We have Bible drills sometimes on Wednesday night. It just helps you to become more and more familiar with where the books are, and then once you're familiar with the books, you get into where within each book the key passages are that you perhaps want to bring up in a discussion with a Sunday school class or even more importantly with an unbeliever who's asking questions, that it is so much more powerful and you have the full backing of the Holy Spirit if you can share Scripture with an unbeliever who is searching or simply questioning than if you come at them with, well, here's what I understand and use generic phraseology or Here's what my pastor or Sunday school teacher said, or I saw it on TV. The most powerful thing you can do is to use the Word of God to explain the Word of God, because the power is not in the Word, the power is the Word. And of course, John chapter 1, Jesus Christ is the Word. Okay, so let's let's get into Psalm 68, and hopefully by now you've found that in your Bible. And we were looking at Psalm 68, verse 18. And it reads, you have ascended on high, you have led captive your captives, you have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell there. So we're talking about 
an individual, and of course, who wrote Psalms, the first, oh, 70-something anyway, Psalms were written by David, and that's King David. So that tells you that it was written a thousand years before Jesus Christ walked the earth. And these are prophecies about Jesus Christ in this particular one here. So David was used mightily by the Holy Spirit to write these Psalms that we might have this prophecy well in advance of what happened. So we want to go through this Psalm 68:18 and do our exploration into the New Testament to see where, if indeed, there was fulfillment of this. And yes, there is fulfillment, and that's the wonderful thing about God's Word is that every prophecy that was given by God through the prophets in the Old Testament, particularly regarding the first coming of Christ, have come to pass exactly as they were prophesied in time, in place, and person, and circumstance. And there's no other book in the history of mankind that has come anywhere close to being like that. So again, we want to talk about where in the New Testament we can find a confirmation of you, and, he's, and this is a uh, type and shadow, it's, it's David, but it's a type and shadow of Christ that you have ascended on high, but you have led your captives captive. You have given gifts to men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. So let's see if we can explain what that verse means. So let's go to Ephesians. So that's obviously in the New Testament. Otherwise, we wouldn't be referencing it for fulfillment, right? So this is a New Testament book. So you have uh, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then you get Acts, Romans, and then you get into uh, another of Paul's writings, Galatians, and then Ephesians. And Ephesus was a major city at the time of Paul's writings on the west coast of modern-day Turkey. And if you ever have the chance to visit Ephesus, as we did back in 2010, they've only uncovered approximately 10% of what that city was like at the time of Paul when he was on his missionary journeys. It's a massive place, even with only 10% uncovered. So in Ephesians chapter 4, let's read verses 4 through 12. Ephesians 4, 4 through 12. And it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So they're talking about the singularity, the the one body, the one spirit, the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism, the one God. He makes that point, and then he clarifies it in verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we know from a study, particularly of 1 Corinthians, that spiritual gifts were given to every believer at the moment they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and those gifts were given by the Holy Spirit to be about God's work. So verse 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 8, therefore it says, now here's where Psalm 68 comes in, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? 
verse 10, he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And then verse 11, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, the building up of the body of Christ. So we want to take some time here and break this down because that one little verse in Psalm 68, 18 has so much packed into it about what Christ did during his earthly ministry and then immediately following his earthly ministry with his death, burial, and resurrection. So the first part of that talked about leading captives captive. And just a quick note about the immediate future here in Isaiah 61, which we might get to in this program, but certainly in the next, is a further development of the idea of captives. But what he's talking about are those who were believers who were righteous people. Now, obviously, Jesus Christ had not lived or died or resurrected in the Old Testament. So we're talking about people who were counted as righteous because they believed what God had revealed to them to that point about himself and about his will for them and about the need for blood sacrifice, which, of course, God initiated in the garden when he killed that first animal to shed blood and to clothe Adam and Eve following their fall from grace, if you will, their sin. So God provided the example of a blood sacrifice, and that's what pervades all through the Jewish tradition of the sacrifices in the temple by the Aaronic priests. So if you believed in that and saw through the actual blood of the goat or the bull or whatever and saw the need for someone to die or something to die so that your sins would be forgiven, you saw through that to what God wanted you to see, and therefore you were counted as righteous. So he's talking about captives who have been in Hades and Sheol. David prayed in the Old Testament, do not leave my soul in Hades or Sheol. This was a holding place, if you will, for not only the righteous, but the unrighteous. And I want to explain that here in just a few minutes by going to the book of Luke. But wanted to clarify first before we go there, that what Jesus did, according to these scriptures right here, is that when he died on the cross, he was buried and he was in the earth for three days, three days and three nights, we're told, just like Jonah was in the belly of the whale. And that was our type and shadow in the Old Testament. So when Jesus was in the grave, it said that he, in verse 9, now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? So he went down to what at that time was called Abraham's bosom, and it was the righteous side, if you will, and I'll explain that in a moment, the righteous side of Hades or Sheol, depending on which language you use, but it's the same place. If you will, it's a holding place that spirits go before they are resurrected either to righteousness with the Lord or to eternal suffering through the great white throne judgment and into the lake of fire forever. So he went down, Jesus went down and took those people who were 
captive in Sheol and Hades, just like David prayed, don't leave me here. Well, Jesus was faithful. He went down there and took them, and he took all of the righteous to heaven. So at that point in time on, from that point in time on, anyone who died in Christ, that believed in Jesus Christ and died, their spirit did not go, does not go to Sheol or Hades, but goes into heaven to the new Jerusalem, our new home. And then, of course, with the rapture of the church, our spirit and our body will be matched back up again and we'll have glorified bodies. So that's what it means he led captives. Jesus led the captives, the righteous captives who were in Sheol, Hades. He led them uh, when he ascended into heaven. He took them with him. And those are the Old Testament saints. We're not talking about the church, and we're only talking about their spirits, not their bodies. Their bodies are still in the grave. David's King David's body is still in the grave, but his spirit is in heaven. And then the next point, well, I tell you what, let's just stop right here with this one, this part of it, because I want to go on to uh, 10, 11, and 12 as the second big part of explaining the prophecy in Psalm 68. And I want to clarify this idea of Abraham's bosom, because you, uh, you may or may not be aware that the Bible clarifies through a description of what that is. So let's go to Luke 16. We're going to come back to Ephesians 4 and explain that further about the gifts. But let's go to Luke first. So let's go back to the left, back through Galatians and the two Corinthians and the Romans and the Acts. Then we get into the Gospels, so we go through John to Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. You know, all the authors, all the 40-plus authors that through the leading of the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, Luke's the only one that is only half Jew. Everybody else was a Jew. Interesting. So let's go to Luke 16, and let's look at verses 19 to 26 to get a sense here. Luke 16, verses 19 to 26. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in a splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Verse 22, Now the poor man, Lazarus, the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. So here is the description, Abraham's bosom. This is what is called Hades or Sheol. And it says the rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, here it is. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, speaking of the rich man, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom, meaning leaning against him somewhat like John did leaning against Jesus at the Last Supper. Verse 24, And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, 
for I am in agony in this flame. Verse 25, but Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus had bad things, but now he is being comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed, so that those who wish to come over here to you will not be able, and that none may cross over from there to us. So there is a description of what existed during the Old Testament times and into the New Testament times to the point where Jesus Christ was crucified and resurrected. When he was crucified and went into the ground, Jesus went to that Abraham side where Abraham and Lazarus were. He went there and took all the souls that were there and took them to heaven. But he left all the souls on the other side where the rich man was, and they are remaining there in agony until the great white throne judgment at the end of the tribulation, at which point in time they will be judged for their unrighteousness and thrown in to the lake of fire. We have two outstanding resources for you to consider today that will keep you informed and deepen your knowledge of Bible prophecy. First is our Prophecy in the News magazine. Prophecy in the News magazine equips you with useful articles and insight written from a biblical perspective, always encouraging you to keep looking up. Another outstanding resource is the book, What's Next? by Dr. Kenneth Hill. What's Next? looks at the different views people hold to concerning the end of the age. Subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine and order your copy of the book, What's Next? when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Dr. Larry Spargimino is ready to share the latest from the mission outreach you support in Pakistan. The heavens declare the glory of God. How wonderful it is when boys and girls can learn about God's beautiful creation and also about the Savior of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our update concerning our work in Pakistan. Grace Charity School is doing a wonderful, miraculous work in educating young people. Pastor Victor Samuel, the school administrator, is on the line with me. Pastor Victor, it's always a blessing to all of us to visit with you and to tell our listeners about God's work in Pakistan and also about the many needs that you have. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Victor Samuel, as Pastor Larry has said. It is always also a great to be with you guys, and I thank to Pastor Larry and Southwest who always care for us, invite us, so that we can tell you all the needs and what's happening here in Pakistan. So, guys, I just want to let you know that in Pakistan, over 15,000 bricklins play a significant part in the economy, producing about 45 million bricks per year. But many of these 3 million workers have been trapped there by the debt-bonded, a form of forced labor. Mm. I just want to tell you that all these years, me and my wife and the members of our church have met 
many people in the in the bricklands that had been born in these factories in these villages that have been there more than 40 years mm. members of second and even third generation family their servitude was initiated by a debt of maybe as little as $100 of a medical bill that they could not pay the bricklin factory owners say the debt they own these families these people so guys these families and children always have had a special place in our hearts in Grace Charity School's heart. And we have been able to make a difference in many people's lives by our programs like Swing Center, Fulmer, Ohio Education, and most importantly, by providing Bible teaching mm. education. Wow. These people are full of potential to go out to different working places and grow. Let's let them a hand to get up to better and prosperous lives. And I want to thank especially Pastor Larry for his all efforts and Southwest Radio Church Ministries and all of you who are listening. I just want to assure you today that the seed you sow for these little lives is really very important and you are doing a marvelous thing. And these kids are learning a lot. We love you guys and we are thankful and grateful to you for your help. Mm. And as Pastor Larry has said that we have many needs and the most current need we have is the books and the copies and the stationery for the entire year of the 600, more than 600 children we have in both schools. So we request you to please put your hand together to give towards these needs. This would be a really great help for us. The books are, are very important. You have so many students, and you have a good curriculum. But I understand that you have two wonderful students with you who would like to say hello to our audience. So maybe you could introduce the students to us. I have two students with me. One is Mariam John, and uh, another one is Bela Mukhtar. And they would like to say something. So here is one of the young girls who studies in a ninth grade. She's the student of a senior class. Hello, my name is Mariam John. I am 13 years old. I study in grade 9. My parents are very happy that I am attending Grace Charity High School. They want me to tell you that we all thank you very much for your help. My prayer for you is, is that God would bless you because you are a blessing to me. We love you so much in Jesus' name. My prayer wish you. Wish for you is from Romans fifteen thirteen. Now the God of all fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of Holy Ghost. Well, that was Mariam John, and here is another young girl who would like to say something. Hello, my name is Bella. I am eleven year old. I am learning a lot at Grace Charity High School. Thank you for helping us to have a good education. Miriam, John, and Bella Mukhtar, thank you so much. God bless you. Well, thank you, Victor, for helping uh, those students. Yes, well, well uh, I'm grateful to these young girls. And, uh, of course, things are not pretty well here with the young girls and women and, at dark. But, you know, they are here just so that they can help to promote the education. They're here to help us out 
with the interview so that they can be helpful for the rest of the students somehow. Mm. Wow. Well, we are certainly deeply uh, grateful to all those in our listening audience who have been helping to fund this important ministry in Pakistan. But, you know, friends, we need your help in keeping this school going so that young people can receive a good education in Pakistan and also hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, of course, the school is not supported by any government agency in Pakistan or here in the States. We are totally dependent on the Lord and upon the support and generosity of you, the listener. I'd love to speak to you on the telephone. Our toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144. My email, larry at swrc.com. So I would encourage you, please pray about this opportunity to help with this important work whatever God impresses on your heart. Pastor Victor, we've got about 30 seconds. Any closing words? Thank you so much that you guys have been helpful for the whole years, and we love you. And please keep us in your prayers and keep especially these precious families, these precious children, precious people at Bricklands. They really need our help and our care. Thank you so much. I would just say that we are just thankful. Well, friends, lives are being changed as a result of Grace Charity School in Pakistan. The doors that the Lord has opened for us in Pakistan are nothing short of a miracle. Please help us. Please help all of these students who come from the brick kilns. They need your help. All glory goes to the Lord. We have a special treat for you today, Messianic Minute, 60 seconds of looking at biblical truth through a Jewish lens. Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. Noah's Ark is a wonderful picture of Jesus. In Genesis 7, God's judgment upon sinful man would manifest in the great flood. Yet God provided escape from his judgment and wrath in the form of the ark he commanded Noah to build and enter. Hebrews 11 verse 7 states, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. By entering the ark, Noah ensured the physical survival of himself and his family. When we enter into saving faith through Jesus, we ensure our spiritual survival through eternal life with Christ. As Jesus declared in John 10, 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Have you entered? For more connections, visit our website at larrystam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. I'm happy to share we're having tremendous response to our brand new Timely Tools catalog. Make sure you receive Timely Tools. Timely Tools highlights the latest resources from your friends at Watchmen on the Wall and SWRC. Each month, this beautiful catalog is delivered to you full of the latest books, DVDs, and other timely resources designed to inform you and encourage your faith. Timely Tools is a free way to stay up to date on all the latest DVDs and books by your favorite speakers and teachers. Get your copy of Timely Tools by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Josh Davis explores the miracles of Jesus. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.